I feel like this has been a really good year for folk music. I know that we've like seen like the spike of Hozier releasing a new album uh, yes. and Noah Khan getting popular over TikTok and like the whole like ripple effect of all of this folk music coming out of that. And I would argue that the artist that we're going to be talking to very much has that same energy that Noah Khan has. Ooh, I like that comparison. That's a good... that actually perfectly fit. So if you like Noah Khan, you are absolutely going to love this guy. So introducing Lucas Powell here on The Musical Mitten. From Mackinac to Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, and you're listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Lucas Powell. Uh, I'm from just outside of Detroit, Michigan, Metro Detroit. And I'm a singer-songwriter. I write indie folk rock music, play shows, do all that kind of stuff. Okay, so when we were reading a little bit of background information, we saw that you were inspired by quite a few people. So for our listeners, what artists inspired you while you were growing up? And do you think that they played a part in the music that you created? Yeah, absolutely. I'm there's it's funny because that stuff changes. I mean, there's stuff that I listen I think about this all the time. There's stuff that I listened to when I was a kid that like probably affects like the things I do so much now. And I can't even remember like what it is. And then sometimes I'll listen back to songs be like, oh, that's kinda like that pop punk song I liked when I was in like sixth grade or something, even though it's not anywhere near the music I make. But like older stuff that I love, I love like Neil Young, George Harrison, that kind of stuff. Like those, that's just like the golden era of recording and like the sound of those records like really impacts the way I want to like make rock and roll and like indie music. Newer artists, I really love a lot of singer songwriters like Noah Gunderson, uh, Joshua James, Tyson Matzenbacher, Damien Rice, those kind of people. Uh, Sufjan Stevens, that's a Michigan one that I love a lot. But yeah, and then just a bunch of indie rock like the war on drugs people that, uh you had jason singer from michigander on here he's like michigander's one of my favorite bands for sure yeah a lot of great a lot of great stuff probably too much stuff in the music library to even like start to pick <laughs> that's fair we're pretty similar i think that's how we got into this mess <laughs> yeah it was interesting when i started listening to you i started to listen to noah khan and i was like a lot of like indie folk at one time and yeah. i was like this is good i'm happy here yeah no noah noah khan is like one of uh, favorite artist and I actually discovered him because the person who's done like a lot of audio engineering for me and like the records like actually sent me homesick right when it first came out was like I think this sounds like you like you should listen to this song and listen to this album and now he's like just I think he just played Freedom Hill like in Sterling Heights or is yeah just played it and it was like a sold out show and it was like thousands of people so it's like crazy to think about to go that that's a pretty good size venue i've been there for their chill on the hill like they had a festival a couple years back and the outdoor like little section is huge and so to have it sold out isn't no and it's crazy because he was like i mean i had i'm someone who listens a lot of indie folk music and he wasn't like even you know on my radar until that got sent to me so yeah no totally love noah both albums that you have out right now are fascinating in the story that they tell and the inspiration that they use. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, the first album I recorded, Michigan, I recorded, that was where like songs I had written from when I was like 17 till I was 24. So it was a wide like array of music. And it honestly started as like my COVID project. A lot of people, you know, like when like the lockdown happened, a lot of people like did stuff like, I know like making sourdough bread and stuff was like what people were really into. And I, I was making that joke for a long time when I came out and started playing shows again. But no, I just like, I was like, well, what do I do? I had a job that at the time, I'd actually just told my employer I was gonna be leaving my job to pursue music. And then it, that was only the week the lockdown started. So that was really horrible timing. But the good news is I had given them a date, like I was ending a school year. And so I, I was still salaried and like still was able to like pay my bills, but also was able to like start recording music. So that's basically how that all started. But yeah, it's like a, it very was like Sufjan Stevens, like Radical Face inspired. It was a lot of layering. 
lot of me not knowing like what I was doing with recording music. And then just like that kind of in itself, like takes its own shape and form. I like got volunteers off the internet randos to like help me like the drummer I still haven't met on that record like there's somebody I just literally just like blindly messaged and like um and the audio engineer and the has, did the work on the second album was a good friend of mine now but was also someone I met through like Facebook so the album was pretty chaotic but in a good way and this last album I did was kind of like a loose concept album um based on uh Chris McCandless and like the movie Into the Wild I don't know if you've seen that but kind of using that as like an analogy for some of like the deconstruction I've had to go through in my life. Like I grew up in a small town, not super far from here and grew up with like a lot of, I don't know, some preconceived like beliefs about the world that were really harmful to the way I treated people around me. And so that like part of you that goes to like change to like, I don't know, like kind of undo what you've always known to re-engage the world and how it really is. Like it felt a lot like the story in the wild of like having to go out on like figure out what was real and like leave behind what was comfortable and so i kind of yeah loosely concept album about that some songs are more concepty than others but I, like a large portion of that that album felt so much more like okay i know what i want to do let me make something where the first album was so much just like oh i i this sounds weird let me put some more banjo or something <laughs> like i don't know so yeah can't go wrong with more banjo though no i well i don't know i there are a couple songs that have like four banjo tracks on them which is a lot of banjo <laughs> that is a lot of banjo actually i retract my statement <laughs> okay you transitioned us perfectly though because i was going to say that your last album was based on a film do you have any other films that you might want to do a similar sort of thing with that's a great question this is it, it's so, so funny that i wrote a loose concept album around in the wild because i i watched so little television like I don't watch tv shows I don't really watch movies that much I have thought about like other like concepty ideas like books I like or like I'm trying to think I had one that was just in the other day I was like this would be really good to write a concept album around but I think that more it was more like that was a mechanism for telling the story I needed to tell about like specifically like religious deconstruction right so I don't know. It, I think if the shoe fit right on like the next stuff I write, like it's more likely for me to like set into like a certain like subject in my life. Like, okay, I'm going to think about my childhood. I'm going to write about that. And then it's like, I write a pool of songs. And if like there was something that worked well as a mechanism for it, that's kind of how I landed out in the first place. It wasn't like I was like, I'm going to force this concept onto something. Cause I think it has to kind of be a natural thing if that makes sense or it feels kind of artificial. Is there a song that you've written that you think deserves more recognition? Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> Well, I think that probably my favorite song that I've written or one of the songs that I think is is something that I just maybe I didn't do like a good enough job putting it in front of people is uh, a song off the last album called Graffiti. Um, it was like a song that I recorded with like two microphones and my friend singing on it. And we did like, you know, like one take. Um, but it's a song about like growing up in a small town and about like growing up around a lot of people who were like very religious and like teaching me ideals that they thought were good and like the harm those things caused in my life and i think that song is i don't know a really good like symbol of what that whole album is supposed to be about but also it's just a really raw song and like i think when you think of like songs like that it just like one of the songs i put up there that i feel like i conveyed everything i was feeling like the best i've ever conveyed in a song in that song I was also going to say a lot of your songs do seem to have like a religious element or a spiritual element, but it's not just from Christianity. I've noticed nods to other religions as well. Yeah. What drove you to 
pull from multiple sources like that. Yeah, no, I think that like, so I went to school for theology. I went at a really small school, not far from here. I went to Spring Arbor University. So like just down the road. I think that like, and I say this a lot during like shows, because like I'm I'm not like a necessarily super religious person in my life, even though someone might listen to my album and be like, oh, wait a second, like what's going on here? But the history of art, just like classical music and like, you know, painted art and stuff, like so much of that was commissioned for like, religious works and like so much of it was people taking the stories like specifically the stories like the bible or like christianity and using it as a way to tell their own story and so for me like kind of having the tools of like christianity because i went to theology and you know school and also other religions and other like especially like monastic practices and stuff like that that i've had exposure like getting to learn about it just became like really good analogy language or like really good mechanism for telling stories and i think that like for me it's not that like my music is trying to like push any agenda with that stuff. Cause I think like people could, I've had people come into it and be like, Oh my gosh, that told, that told the story about how burned out I am with everything and like religion in America. And that was meant a lot. And I've also had people come and say, this like helped me find something that I had never found before. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's weird how it works that way. But for me, like, it's more about, that's just like the language I have to tell like my story as a person. I think it's like how I feel best equipped to, I don't know, be able to like talk about some of the stuff I've gone through and some of the like messages I think that are important to me about like the way life should be lived. And then just like that it happens to be like the best way to tell it. it's like a reference to like a saint or like a quote loosely taken from like the Bible or Latin in one of my songs or whatever. So yeah. I like that you use it like that as your language for sharing it because it does leave it up for interpretation so people could hear it and take what they feel like they need from it and then use it in their lives and then somebody going through something totally different sees it and takes different pieces of it and I just really like that you pointed that out because I think it's really beautiful and that's why I love music in general so right no and like I even I grew like I said I grew up really religious I was in school for like religious study you know and even when I was like really religious some of my favorite artists were artists who were like the Manchester orchestras or the Death Cab for Cuties who were like artists that were I don't know like wrestling with like what God was or like the goodness of God and that was like the mechanism for them telling their stories and like Manchester orchestra like the lyric from uh, Shake It Out that's like I feel the Lord begin to peel off all my skin. Like I, as a kid, I would just listen to that lyric over and over and over and over again. And be like, I want to make music that sounds like that, you know? And so for me, like, I mean, always my favorite artists were people who use that language and that stories and their religious upbringing as more of a way to like tell their story of the world or talk about things like broader than that. And I guess like, I guess that was kind of like what, I don't know, I, when I started writing music a long time ago, that was kind of just naturally what happened over time. And then as I went to school for theology and stuff, it just kind of gave me more language to be able to do that deeper and a little bit more complex. So I feel like I, I wonder, like, <laughs> I don't mean this in like a bad way to myself, but like, I wonder if it should have been a sign that like I need to like, like reflect a little bit deeper on like what I was doing. It felt like when you, and this is a lot of what my music's about, especially this last album and specifically graffiti, that song, it, like, I would go to church and it would feel like it didn't really relate to the world that I had in front of me, right? People would tell me like how to talk or like how to act and it, or they'd say, this is what this passage in the Bible means. And then I would be like, that doesn't really, like it doesn't fit in the world that I'm in. But those artists talking about like struggling with like those claims and how they didn't really fit, like, I don't know, their experience as people like that, I think was more resonant than like church itself was, which is why like I got so into those artists. I mean, I don't know. I think that like there's a lost art in like letting lamentation or like frustration 
be like the power for like talking about spirituality and it's something that like so often the more and more and more that like whole practice which is supposed to be like wrestling with like understanding and being in the world which i think that some of those artists who are not religious at all like did better than the religious people did arts played a huge role in like even telling that story longer than like the physical bible itself has to many degrees because like that like the printing press didn't exist to the 1400s you know what i mean so the majority of like the history of christianity or like the church and i'm just using that as an example because that's what we are all exposed to in america the most like more of that story was oral storytelling and like performance based and like music based like that was how they told stories of like what they believe or like lamented on what was happening and even the bible itself there's so many of those like laments and verses and hymns and like stuff put together so it's almost like completely the opposite of the tradition from those people at the very beginning to be like oh this is like i don't know there's fundamental rules you have to follow and stuff but and and i talk to people all the time just about this in general um is like the world has shifted from like what i would call orthopraxy to orthodoxy more so like away from like doing practices and like focusing on like disciplines um and by that i mean like I don't know, like silence or meditation or prayer, right? Things like that that are supposed to be reflective and not necessarily agenda oriented, where orthodoxy is like right belief, the idea that like there's a certain set of beliefs you have to have and that's what makes you fit into our community or whatever. And that again kind of robs religion of its whole like I don't know, its whole beauty is like the idea it can give you this like discipline to reflect and like go deeper into yourself. So the connection for me with that music, like honestly, in when I was going to little church in the middle of nowhere like there wasn't a lot of emphasis on practice and so for me songwriting was something that made me feel like i dipped deeper into like a spiritual world that like church couldn't give me or like religious like going to a youth group didn't necessarily give me but there's something about writing music and like on reflecting in that that felt so much more like religious practice than anything that had a cross on the front and a you know people standing there handing you a pamphlet when you walk in. <laughs> We've been having a blast talking to Lucas Powell here on The Musical Mitten. For more from him, don't go away. There's more to come. We're going to take a quick break and ask you just some more fun, silly questions. Sure. Oh, they're my favorite. <laughs> I can't wait. She comes up with a lot of them, actually. Thank I you. love that. I'm excited. <laughs> I like getting to be silly and like kind of take a break from being all serious. Right. And, um... and I like that's my number one fear when I ever I do interviews. It's like I know that everything I talk about my music is really sad. So like, <laughs> it's sad folk for sad folks. So like... I, I well, Instagram stalking you. Sorry. Good. Um, I noticed <laughs> that you had some cat pictures on there and I, I was just wondering immediately, do you take your cat on tour? Or would you, oh, if you could? I would not. She's a horrible cat. <laughs> no, I love her so much. She's named after, her name is Juju, but her full name is St. Julian of Lansing. She is a stray who wandered in my house, like, just one day. Calico gang, all the way. Uh, Calico cat. But St. Julian is the patron, St. Julian Norwich is the patron state of cats. So that's how she got her name. But yeah, no, she's a great, she's such a sass and such a loud cat and mean and hates me. So no, she'd be horrible. She'd be horrible into her. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My cat, um, he wandered in quite like that. Literally walked right through our front door as we were going to take the dog out. And he just decided he lives here now. I love that. Not yeah, no, yet. that's literally like, I was like, okay, I actually have a video of like when she wandered in my house and she just like walked around, looked around, got up on the bed Aww. and just fell asleep. I was like, okay, I guess you live here now. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, um. You're mine. Yeah. Can't think, can't get that up. <laughs> I think there's a word for that. It's the cat distribution system. I love that. I had no idea that that was actually 
there was a it was a for trend that. for a while. I thought like, it was just called garbage cat. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be that. But I heard recently the cat distribution system where like cats will just walk into people's houses or hop into their cars like yeah. when they like get out in a parking lot. Love that. And I don't have a cat. I have dogs. But I want the cat distribution system to work for me so badly. I love cats. <laughs> It'll have, it'll it'll eventually find you. For in the sure. right time. Every time I run into any stray or like a dog that can't find a home, Maggie immediately is like, "Okay, what's its name though?" <laughs> no, don't. tell me its Did name. Did you pet it? No, I like I try. I see stray cats now, and I stay. I go. I cross the street because I the last thing I'm worried <laughs> yeah, about. Can't have anymore. There's like a really cute um, tortoise shell one in my neighborhood right now, and I, and I've mm-hmm. I've nicknamed it Tortilla. Um, and I, I'm like hoping I don't run into it. So what I'm hearing is will, that it's your cat. No, it, I, I already have like. The, I have one cat that is my cat. There's also like two cats and a dog in my house, so I can't do any more animals. <laughs> it's, a, it's a zoo right now. Who would play you in a documentary about your life? Oh my gosh. Okay, so dream situation would be because I think I kind of look like younger Kevin Bacon because of my nose, but then also like young Goodwill Hunting because that's how I got my hair cut. I literally said, Can we do Goodwill Hunting? But like undercut, right? So Matt Damon, maybe, but uh, I don't know. That's pretty high billing for me i don't know i i don't know it probably probably one of those two that would be the ideal situation i don't know how realistic that would be <laughs> it's a silly question you don't have to be realistic. i gotta get to, i gotta get to taylor swift level to have a documentary where like that billing is what's put in my movie right <laughs> yeah honestly <laughs> and then i was dying to know what is your favorite non-music hobby oh that's a great question well i work my day job and also my passion is coffee, like outside of music. So I'm like a crazy coffee. Bre- I have so many brewing stuff at home. I'm really good at like latte art. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll just see you'll see music posts and latte art posts. That's the two things you'll see. Um, but that's pretty much all I do at this point in my life is coffee and music. I'm okay with that. I have like the espresso machine, smoke steamer. Love I, that. And I used to work at Big B too before like, oh, cool. coming back to college. So I, yeah, big, big coffee fan. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. Probably the, my favorite coffee shop within the closest distance to here probably be Strange Matter, right? In Lansing, I think. But probably, I, there's lots of good stuff in Kalamazoo too. But yeah, no, I'm one of those people yeah. that goes to all the coffee shops like Sweet. on tour. Like that's the first thing I do is like do like all the good coffee You go shops. to a local place and not Starbucks. Right, no, Thank oh, you. every time. Yeah, I'm not a chain person. For the most part. Fourth Coast in Kalamazoo is my favorite. I grew up around oh, there. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, that place is awesome. I've been there, yeah. No, like, I definitely have a favorites for sure. Velodrome and Marquette. Mm. I, I work at Desert Oasis Coffee Roasters, just the plug in Detroit. Super awesome place. Yeah, Madcap is always classic. Uh, I love, like, Water Street. They're, like, in Kalamazoo, super awesome. But, yeah, lots of great spots out there. <laughs> I'm the only one who did not grow up in this area. I grew up in Bay City. Um, <laughs> oh, so... Yeah, so you got uh, Populous and Harless and Hugh. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I go to, I've been to Bay City. Harless and Hugh is for sure a good one. You've been listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree. The Musical Mitten is a radio show turned podcast that started on WOCR 891 The One, the University of Olivet's own FCC licensed radio station in the fall of 2021. Throughout our past seasons, we've been given the opportunity to explore the past and present of the music industry in Michigan and have had the honor of meeting some of the artists from our state as well. If you want to get involved, please feel free to fill out the forms listed at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.com. Have you ever heard the comparison of like people who are really into going to church should try going to a live concert sometimes <laughs> just to feel if it's the same emotion? No, but I feel like I, if that's not trademarked, you should trademark it. <laughs> it wasn't me who said it. I heard it from somebody else and I was like, oh, 
No, I totally get that because, and I was talking to, to somebody about this a few months ago and we kind of, we think we figured out what it is. People who are really into going to church and are like very into their religious practices are very much at the same level of people who love going to concerts and love being like a part of that sort of spectacle. And what it is, is community. Yeah, no, I I got in a lot of trouble in college when I wrote uh, an article about how when we would do like worship music, that that was just, there was some level of manipulation going on because it was the same tactics I would use if I was writing music, right? Like, I was like, oh, everyone's like, oh, there's this big spiritual moment. It's like, no, that's just a, that's just a bridge. Like we just build up there, you know what I mean? We're just like, we're just bringing the bass in and that like feels like something. It, I think that like those people, I want them to come to my shows and just like have to like, deal with the storytelling and deal with those songs and kind of see how that, I don't know, in some ways it's a more effective form of community, like you said, and like even spiritual reflection, I think, than a lot of churches have. Music also is quite meditative in a lot of circumstances as well, which yeah. plays into it too. No, absolutely. I mean, that's why I love it. Just part of that, a large portion of that. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that you wished that like certain groups of people would come give your show a chance, but are there other goals that you're like working towards? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely in that place, like from a music business aspect, right? That like, I'm I'm like working really hard to try and like break into the industry. I've been like performing basically for two years roughly now, um, which is kind of weird in a post pandemic world because like shows are so different and like the music scene is so different. And still recovering in a lot of ways but i've had a lot of super awesome experiences in the last two years like just playing shows and recording and writing and kind of like yeah i guess like i'm been, i'm somebody who like when i started this i was like i have a five-year plan to get to where this is like going to be i'm not gonna have to have a day job anymore and so like i've been pretty blessed to like pretty much make every metric along that path the hard part about the music industry is so much of it is perseverance and so much of it is being like not good at something for a long time. I did a songwriter circle in Grand Rapids in beginning this year with um, Kate Pillsbury from the Crane Wives. And I asked her, I was like, what What do you think I should be doing? She's like, do exactly what you're doing. You just, she's like, we did seven years of music and no one cared. And then our music got added to like, as a background to an animation. And that like, that's what helped us blow up. And then now we do what we do. Do you know what I mean? And so like a large portion of it is just, you know, perseverance and whatever. But yes, no, I absolutely want to get to the point where this is my job and like I get to perform and write time and it just takes a lot of networking a lot of time to do that in terms of things that you are working on is there anything that we need to be watching out for i know you like just put out an right album, i just put but... out an album so there's nothing crazy going on i am like gearing up a large portion it's so fun because like all my recording i've done at home so far and so for me like i'm in a big transition season where like now i'm gonna actually go to like a real studio and like work with real producer I'm actually working with the same producer who did the majority of Michiganders like discography. Jake Rye is a really cool person and he's based not super far from here in Adrian. Um, but yeah, no, we're gonna be working together on a song in about two weeks, which is really exciting. It's like the first time I've been to like a real studio and yeah, and then just there'll probably be more music next year and stuff and more shows. I'm kind of like finishing up my run for this year, but a large portion of what I've been working on this year is just like, I don't know, getting myself in the right spot to be able to like capitalize on like moving forward in the music scene but yeah no so there'll be there'll be some cool stuff on the horizon for sure but um is there anything that we did not touch on that you want to add the one little thing i was going to say that i didn't get to say was um because like i'm not you know i'm not some like i'm probably 
I'm less like the XMLs and the Grand Knives and you know Michigander, right? I'm like at the beginning of my journey. One of the cool things about Michigan is, and you you know this from covering it, is how deep and and dense and wonderful like the music community is here, especially in Detroit, just because that's where I've been for the last couple of years. But there are so many talented people out there doing awesome stuff. And if there's something I would encourage your listeners to do is just do more digging, more you know, searching for like Detroit-based and Michigan-based artists. Like there's some great playlists, Audio Tree, or well, not Audio Tree, more Kickstand Production does like a Michigan songs playlist that's full of a bunch of my friends who do great art and go to some shows, like travel, go down and play, go to some dive bars, go to PJs, you know what I mean? You'll you'll hear some awesome local artists. So. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more, check out our Instagram and Twitter at the Musical MI for announcements, events, and behind the scenes content. Also, check out our website at themusicalmitten.com. Again, that's T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-M-I-T-T-E-N dot C-O-M. There, you can find all of our past episodes, radio show, and podcast, as well as our store where you can get a Musical Mitten sticker for yourself. Plus, we'll keep you posted on what's happening next here on The Musical Mitten.